Welcome to Gutsy Combos, the place to be to help you go after your best life and thrive despite your biggest struggles. My name is Natalie Beijing, and each week I will be sharing with you my tips and tricks related to health, wellness, and lifestyle. I am a Canadian entrepreneur, blogger, architectural designer, and Crohn's warrior ready to share with you all that I've got. So join me today as we get into a truly gutsy conversation. Hey, hey, everyone. I hope you're doing well. This week on the Gutsy Convos, I wanted to share a special conversation that I had with the Canadian Mental Health Association Windsor chapter for their Keep Connected podcast. And I was given the audio clips from our podcast interview. So I wanted to share them with you here. So big thank you to the Canadian Mental Health Association um, and to the girls that I got to have this great chat with and also to MediaWorks for publishing, editing, and for videoing our podcast episode. So without further ado, here it is. So hello everyone and welcome to our second episode for Canadian Mental Health uh, Windsor-Essex County's Keep Connected podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. It's Natalie. She is a blogger, an entrepreneur. She's a Crohn's warrior and she also is an architectural designer here in Windsor-Essex. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things she's done. Um, you know, one of the things I read about Natalie and, and after talking to her, she, she really wanted to start this blog and to reach out after, you know, going through so many experiences herself in terms of, uh, you know, going overcoming chronic illness, overcoming uh, so many difficulties and being a student, being someone who's young and uh, starting her own blog and being very, very successful on her blog, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, sharing her story. And not only sharing her story, but also talking about all the things that she's gone through and uh, all the resiliency and how mental health and physical health are connected. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and of course, I'm joined with Jenny Lee as well. Thank yeah, you, Jenny. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you all for being here. So Natalie, uh, to start, um, just wanted to say thank you for coming and uh, tell me, Gutsy Feelings, that's your blog, right? That's your website. Uh, Gutsy Feelings, where did that name come from and, and where did this all start for you? Right, so thank you so much for having me. Yay. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so Gutsy Feeling really is a blog about health and wellness. And I started the blog um, in 2018. And I started that blog because I wanted to share my journey with Crohn's disease. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the age of 11. And that was over 12 years ago now. Um, and I I started that blog because I wanted to share my story with others. And at the time, I didn't really publicly share about my journey with Crohn's disease. And I found that sharing was really helpful for me once I started doing that. And I really wanted to connect with other people. And at the time, I was going through a really difficult point with my Crohn's disease. It was right before I had surgery. Um, in 2018, I had 10 inches of my small intestine removed. And at the time, I felt very isolated. I felt like nobody else was going through the same thing. And once I started connecting with other people on Instagram and through my blog, I really started to find other people who were going through similar experiences. And so really the main purpose of the blog and the main 
thing that drives me forward is to help people realize that you can still thrive and not just survive with a chronic illness because a lot of people feel as though they're trapped once they get this chronic illness or once they get a chronic illness. And I want to share that you don't have to feel trapped and that you can still thrive. Ugh. So Natalie, when, when that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And you know what? Yeah. What you said um, right at the beginning, you just mm -hmm. brought me back to this week. I was doing lots of various webinars this week, and you said something that I will attest 100%, 1000% is what we're doing right now. Keep Connected Podcast mm -hmm. is all about individuals with lived experience. We can, while we are able to help others, we are in, inadvertently helping ourselves mm -hmm. heal. Mm -hmm. And to me, that alone is such a power. It's like a superpower yeah. because did you, you started to feel less alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, sure. And then you started getting that support and that back and forth. And oh my goodness, I can only imagine how many individuals that you actually helped along the way and Oh, that, that to me sends goosebumps. Absolutely. And Natalie, Natalie, I think a lot of people that have trouble, and I don't know if you had trouble at the beginning, to connect with people on, because mm -hmm. you said you felt isolated. Yeah. Um, is that true? Did you feel like it was hard to find people to talk to? Yeah, and I mean, and... getting diagnosed so young, I was 11. Okay, so really young. There wasn't, so one great community asset is Crohn's and Colitis Canada. And I volunteer with Crohn's and Colitis Canada. I'm a youth um, youth coordinator, and I am also run the social media uh, for the Windsor chapter. Um, but they're all over Canada. So that was something that has been really helpful for me throughout my journey because I was able to connect with other people um, through that way. But really when I was first diagnosed, there wasn't a lot going on. I didn't know any other kids, let like I didn't know any other people, let alone kids. I was just gonna say, yeah. let alone kids, right? <laughs> yeah. You're 11, you're, try you're experiencing all of this. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, it, 11, I always Such say 11 to, 11 to 13 <laughs> is just kind of like, a, oh, I don't like that part. That's like <laughs> puberty, menstruation, and for female, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. I remember how mm -hmm. I felt. You just, you're, your mind's doing loops yeah. half the time, not only having to deal with everything changing in our body, in our brain, hormones, and then let's add on yeah. something like a chronic illness when you don't have children mm -hmm. or kids that can relate in school. Yeah, no, and for sure. And there really is a lot of kids who do have Crohn's and colitis. Um, there's, that's actually the major, major amount of people that are being diagnosed now is children or youth. Um, so there is a lot, it's just I didn't know any. So it really was an isolating time, but I think Throughout my life, I did meet a few more people, but it really was just that point in my life. I was, I felt like I was experiencing symptoms that nobody else was, and even my doctor said, "Oh, you have very unusual symptoms, etc." And it just was so eye-opening to see all these other people who were either having similar symptoms or were going through similar things, or even like I had somebody who had surgery the same day as me, and they were across the country, same surgery, same day. But they were across the country and we connected and we talked about our journey as we would go through and we talk about progress. So it was really awesome to be able that to connect That is really awesome. Yeah. So obviously well, the internet has helped keep yeah, you connected. Yeah, so absolutely. Sure. I mean, I think um, I, I, there's a lot, a lot of us that run our CMHA Instagram, but predominantly mm -hmm. when I started, I remember seeing your Instagram account and 
it just resonated with me because there are so many individuals across, you know, the world mm -hmm. that we all suffer in varying degrees with chronic illness, physical health issues. And do you find that it definitely exacerbates our mental health? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, 100%. So you, you just, I started to hear so many words of encouragement, hope, healing, recovery, and things that I'm passionate about, which <laughs> is, you know, how, what are those things that you do to help? Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely a lot of things. And I, I kind of like to think of it as a toolkit yes. of a bunch of things that <laughs> I that I do to help with my mental health. Um, when I was younger, I never really found that my mental health was overly impacted from my Crohn's disease. I definitely was more of an anxious child, but I wasn't overly impacted until I probably became more of an adult. Um, but I have struggled with anxiety and depression in the past, um, especially before I had surgery. I was at a really, like I said, I was in a very difficult point in my life. Um, so I did struggle with depression at that time. And since then I still have anxiety, not really depression anymore, but, um, but yeah, I've definitely developed a toolkit and some of those things include meditation. So I try to go through daily meditation, um, journaling as well. And there's so many different kinds of journaling that I like to do. I could talk about journaling for like an hour, but journaling, like I love to do different types. There's so many different ways. What's your that favorite? You can... What's your well, favorite type of journaling? Some of my journaling? favorites are... I don't really love just free writing. free writing. Sometimes I'll do it if I really just need to get thoughts out. But really, I love to do things like self-love lists and things like that. I love things like that. Um, or like journal prompts. Those are really awesome. And they're just a great way to think about topics that you wouldn't necessarily normally t think about. Um, and also goal setting. I just find it really helpful like every morning to write out your goals. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so meditation, journaling. Some other things that I found very helpful for me, particularly with anxiety, is really learning and reading books and learning about the psyche. Um, so I've learned a lot in the past few years about the psyche and really just one of the biggest things that's helped me is to realize that your thoughts are not you. So disassociating yourself from your thoughts because I feel like a lot of times we think, oh, I thought this, so this must be true, this yeah. must be correct. Or, or I felt this, right. and that's or I the felt truth. This. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. a thousand percent. So mm -hmm. I've really learned that to be true, and that's also something that I've been able to work with my therapist, so therapy is another great tool. Yes. Um, and I think that you can benefit from therapy like anytime, even if you don't struggle with anxiety or depression. I think that everyone should probably have a therapist to, mm -hmm. you know, bounce ideas off of and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's really nice to get direction from someone sometimes, right? Right, for sure. Yeah. And like an outside point of view exactly. too, because they're not necessarily in your life. Yeah. Um, so Natalie, I'm going to ask you one thing sure. really quickly, because yeah. I can't get it out of my brain. <laughs> so you said the biggest, the best thing I learned was to really allow myself to understand that my thought is fleeting, mm -hmm. it's temporary, yeah. it is not me. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing I hear often from mm -hmm. young, younger individuals, young adults, you know, is oh, I tried that strategy, it just doesn't work. This, this is never going to work like this that that doesn't work and we were just doing a session this week about how our thoughts our feelings are physical mm -hmm. and our behavior it's all connected mm -hmm. what would you tell someone when they feel discouraged that 
their toolbox, nothing in their toolbox mm -hmm. is working. Yeah, and I've definitely been there before where I felt like, why isn't this working? Or why do I still keep getting these thoughts? Or why this, why that? And I think that the main thing I would say is to continue to try different techniques. And I think that's where therapy can be really helpful too, because your therapist can help you to try a different like CB, CBD uh, technique or like different ones. So um, yeah, I think that there's all kinds of different techniques and truly anyone has definitely had an experience where somebody else has dealt with that before. So there's gotta be a technique that'll work. And, and, so. and I think uh, you, you touch on a point, and you both touch on the point that there's no right one technique mm -hmm. necessarily for everyone. Yeah. That everyone needs to figure out what's best for them. And even mm -hmm. when you mentioned journaling, people are like, oh, I journal. But you're talking about mm -hmm. the types of journaling, the different kind of ways mm -hmm. you can journal. Yeah. And I was wondering, since being someone young and going through this and, uh, and, and not everyone, even if they don't have supports or if they feel like they wish they had something, a lot of people don't turn that into something, something like you have, which is a blog, which is a website, which is uh, a toolbox for other people to look at. And you put a lot of work and time and effort mm -hmm. and it's excellent. And, and what do you think brought you to that turning point? Cause you said, Oh, I've been there. I've struggled. I know that things haven't worked. How have you gone? What do you think have, has helped you go from a point where I was struggling with this to and I know you mentioned, like, mm -hmm. I keep thinking about a blog. I keep thinking of a blog. <laughs> I want to do this, right? Yeah. W what do you think kind of pushed you to actually doing it? Because a lot of people are afraid of failure, right? Yeah. There are a lot of people. But it, it's not about that. It's about putting your story out there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. what helped you do that? I think that the main thing that really drove me, like I said, was that sense of connection. But then once I kind of got that connection or I kept moving past that, it was really being able to help other people. So once I started to see that I could help other people by sharing my story and sharing my tips and how I live, I really wanted to continue to do so and I wanted to branch out and show more and not just talk about Crohn's disease, but talk about my lifestyle. And I think something you brought up that was a great point was that I was at that point of struggle and I think what a lot of people, especially people who have a chronic illness, is they face this point in their lives where they're like, well, I can either decide to live like this or live and struggle the rest of my life or I can choose to move past that and to change my mindset and to change my outlook on life. Because for sure, there's going to be like garbage days, absolute garbage days, and anybody will have garbage days. but. It's really, you really have to focus on moving your mindset to a point of thriving because if you don't move it to that point, you will always be looking at life through like these cloudy and these like negative points mm -hmm. of view. It, that's the difference between I feel like surviving and thriving, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's and like that's I'm not just surviving this this experience, but I'm, I'm going to try to thrive as much as possible. And, and no doubt, and just like any sort of recovery, there's so much work involved mm -hmm. and yeah. so much self work, so much support. So, so, you know, so many supports, so, so many things involved in, in that, right. To, yeah. to allow ourselves to thrive, but it comes from internal things too, like self-managing our, our own and self-care. And you talk mm -hmm. about self-care a lot, like even what you shared mm -hmm. with us, it's like having a wellness plan or having a self-care self-care plan is so important mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah for sure i i would highly recommend anybody listening in or you know watching this podcast please check out gutsy feeling it really did when i say this i'm telling you this authentically like it resonated with me i've been there i've been that individual mm -hmm. that you know you feel alone you mm -hmm. feel like nobody is experiencing what you're feeling and 
having someone out there, especially someone young, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of individuals that struggle with, you know, a chronic illness and a mental health issue, right? Whether it's low mood, anxiety, it could be anything. But when we combine those two, you know, that's hard mm -hmm. to not feel um, like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I really loved that because it you built a community. Mm -hmm. Like you. it is yeah. pretty and, and, phenomenal. And, and, and yeah. Honestly, Natalie, your story is very, it, it sounds like it might be different from the norm, but it's, it is the norm. Mm -hmm. So many people deal with chronic pain. Yep. So many people deal with issues, yep. whether it's just short-term or long-term in terms of physical health or mental health, but mental health is health, physical health is health. Yep. And whether it's <laughs> it's long-term or short-term, it's it's all the same. Mm -hmm. it, it's that, that secrecy and quietness yep. that, that makes it really uh, harder to deal with. So on garbage days, because you, you <laughs> threw that word out there. So now I'm going to start adding that to my toolbox, because uh, we all have a toolbox, right? right? So on those garbage days, let's be real. What do you do on those garbage days? So I think that we brought up the topic of self-care and I think that there's so many different forms of self-care and you have like your spiritual, your emotional, your physical. And so on days where I have a garbage day, the first thing I'll do is I'll first look at my to-do list. Is there something that needs to get done that day? And if it does, okay, then I'll do that. But if the rest can wait, then I will reallocate that to another day if I can. I mean, that doesn't always happen, and especially when I was in school, I couldn't just take a full day off. Yeah. But I would try to limit the amount of things because if you're not in a good headspace or if you're not doing well, you're not going to be putting in good effort into what you're working well, on. Well, it's also going to exacerbate right. how crappy you might be feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I really loved what you said, and that's such a great tip for anyone listening is developing self-compassion mm -hmm. and, and flexibility and flexibility mm -hmm. and allowing yourself yes. you know goal planning um we we actually made goals this week i'll share with everyone <laughs> I mean, we make them all the time we make like, them all we the time each other accountable we this are week. holding <laughs> each other accountable because yeah. as i'm you know Goals are so important. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the littlest yes. goal as in, you know, today I'm going to make my bed. Mm -hmm. And if that's mm -hmm. all I do today, that's okay. It's it's developing self-compassion mm -hmm. and acknowledging today's not going to be the best day. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. A good strategy that I like to do too is I like to have a top three for the day. So I like to write out the top three things that I need to get done or I want to get done that day. And some days those will be actual like work things or, you know, more work bits. But sometimes it'll be actual just like I need to get up and I need to make the bed or I need to make a healthy meal or I need to work out. So it can be anything, but I think having like the goal of three in mind, mm -hmm. it helps you to feel accomplished because I, we live in a society now where if you aren't productive and if you're not doing the most, you're not doing anything. And that's how, that's how people feel and it's awful. And I deal with that too, is I feel like I always need to be productive. I feel like I always wanna be doing something. So that's a great way I find that it helps me to still feel like, okay, I can check this off. I can still write this down as done but that's I beautiful don't, yeah we were just talking yeah. about that this week we were talking about things that we do within a 24-hour period mm -hmm. that people don't people are so hard on themselves yeah. right so do most people account that you wake up you have a glass of water you might eat breakfast you might brush your teeth these are all tasks that you are doing yeah 
So on days that you're not feeling good, that ever you, you might be struggling with a chronic illness, uh, you know, low mood, anxiety, yeah. you know, what are you able to do? And identifying that you just need to rest. Yeah, for mm. sure. Rest oh, is so that. important. Yeah. Okay, so right before we wrap up, because we're trying to uh, have our podcast a little short and sweet, um, but I was really intrigued when you let us know, you know, the, I, I have it here, but you were, you're super proud of this, and as you should, because this is phenomenal, um, you, you won an award for top thesis on um, how architectural spaces can promote healing for people with with physical conditions oh my goodness that's like a heart for me <laughs> like that's phenomenal so what does that mean in less than two minutes sure so <laughs> no pressure right yeah so just to back up a little but I did my master's of architecture I did a bachelor's of architecture and then I did my master's of architecture and for my thesis topic obviously I'm very passionate about healing so I selected my thesis topic surrounding healing so the main premise of my thesis was essentially creating um creating a healing guideline of principles for people with physical conditions. And I focused in mainly on people aged 20 to 50 years old and helping to bridge that gap that exists between hospital and home. And so I used these healing guidelines and principles that I had curated through research and through studies and investigations that I did. And I applied those to the design of a facility within Detroit, Michigan. And I essentially created this facility where people could go anywhere from two weeks to six months before they returned home. Because something that I found from my own experience is that that gap between hospital and home is really challenging. And for a lot of people it is because they're experiencing things at, at home that they would have never thought would have been challenges. Like you can think about it, even if you just broke your arm and you returned home, there's so many things that you can't do now and that you have to modify. And so having this additional facility is a way to enhance the healing and to make the healing um, a smoother experience. Oh my so goodness, that's we need really, to do this for yeah. individuals with <laughs> mental and physical conditions yes. because to me, that is everything. Mm -hmm. Healing has to be connected yes. to like social connection, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, environment is, environment. is huge. Yeah. Huge. huge. Uh, you just think of the example, it's like people look forward to vacations because they oh. change their environment mm -hmm. into relaxing, mm -hmm. right? Or, or think about addiction residential facilities. It's like you're in this really structured facility and then you move out yep. and you go back to a different environment that's mm -hmm. very different from what you had, but if there was a transition, it might be easier to move oh, back. Yeah, for right? sure. It, it applies to everything. Yeah. It really does. That's yeah. why the minute you, I was like, oh my goodness, this mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I looked at mental health is like a lot within within my thesis as well, but I I targeted it to physical conditions just because I know that there is that link between physical and mental. But I could only study so much in oh, one sure. year's time. So I mean, you could you could apply the same concept that I'm doing to each individual illness or to mental health and then physical health. So Certainly. there's so many different things. But honestly, healing is something that I'm super passionate about. And as I move forward in my architecture career, I will be working within healthcare design. So I'm super excited about that. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up, let's all go around and um, let's talk about, I don't know. I'm trying to, I, you can tell I'm totally saying this off the top of my head right now. So let's <laughs> go around and talk about 
what is your go-to uh, strategy in your toolbox right now um, during, mm -hmm. um, you know, I know the heat has been a lot, mm -hmm. summer. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, a lot of people I keep hearing like, there's no vacation, it's a staycation. <laughs> so what are your go-to things? What are some, Evelina? I think it's just the close people in my life. I just think it's mm -hmm. just like going, being able to go home and, and see someone that I love and care about, you know, and, and just being in that comfort zone kind of thing. I think that's what I look forward to most. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to, I'm gonna say two things. One of the things is me and two of my girlfriends who are both entrepreneurs, we have a week, we have a weekly lunch where we just do a Skype call and we have lunch together and I really enjoy that because we bounce ideas off of each other and it's just a great way to connect without having to be in person and I think also just going on walks I mean this week it's been a little hard because it's so hot outside but I really like going on walks and I feel like I it still feels very normal to go on a walk if you're in a park because you don't have to wear a mask and whatnot so it still feels very normal and I just I really love to be outside I agree. so yeah, yeah. I love love going for walks and parks too yeah that's awesome i've been i've you know i've been doing um journaling mm -hmm. and it's so i used to do it when i was young but now i've done kind of like three good things like yeah. really trying to start and end my day with kind of three things that i'm hopeful for today and what i want to do and i've been really trying to be kind to myself mm -hmm. uh, practicing a lot more self-compassion and allowing myself to Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but allowing myself to have those nights where you're going to be doing the Netflix and maybe having some ice cream, which I might have done three days this week, but that's okay. I'm practicing self-compassion. The flexibility, right? The flexibility of allowing ourselves yeah. to be able to do that. It's just so needed sometimes. Mm -hmm. because yeah, And not being, yeah. not feeling guilty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I loved how you said there is such a pressure to be doing various things mm -hmm. all the time non-stop if we're not productive we're not doing most. anything but it, yeah. that's so false right it's, it's, so it's false. like the opposite if we mm -hmm. do other things we'll be so much more productive right well yeah and something that i've actually made a mindset shift with this week um is looking at rest as productive and productive to your healing because I've been going through a flare right now and it's been challenging because I've had to let go of some of the things that I really love doing because I need to take a step back for my own health. And so I've started to look at, at rest as productive and it's still hard and it's still like sometimes difficult to wrap my mind around, but I think that's a good mindset shift that a lot of people can make. And like, yeah, it's, it's just a crazy society that we live in that we always have to be go, go, go productive. And I honestly feel like COVID has helped a lot of people slow down because they've they've slowed down their lives because they don't have all these events to go to, all these things to go to, and they start to realize like, hmm, maybe this is better. Well, <laughs> I mean, COVID has brought me varying degrees of emotions that I have better vocabulary, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Starting to learn like, oh, like greater self-awareness. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you spoke a lot about getting to know yourself, getting to know yeah. what's going on, being an advocate, reading up mm -hmm. on what's going on. And I highly, highly encourage that for everyone. Yeah, You are your world's expert mm -hmm. when it mm -hmm. comes to you. And don't ever let anyone tell you that you're not. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I guess we're going to end it there. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, absolutely. And please don't forget, uh, please visit Natalie's um, podcast, her blog, her Instagram page, Gutsy, Gutsy Feeling. Um, and hope it, to see everyone. Oh, I cut yeah. you off. No, with, no, I cut you off. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, you did actually. No, it wasn't sorry. me. It wasn't so you me. have a podcast? Did, how many episodes have you recorded? Um, I was just I've, wondering. I've had, I think, seven or eight okay, episodes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's not as wondering. intense as this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, media, do media in our studios is like, <laughs> they've set up here. <laughs> I do it at my house, me and my mic, uh, and that's about it. But right yeah, I, I started that because... If you could tell from this, I really love to talk. So <laughs> I just found it a great segue. That's awesome. Absolutely. So yeah. So gutsyfeelings.com? Yes. Gutsyfeelings.com. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Yep. I Gutsy love feeling. how everything is the same. Gutsy yes. feeling. Very important. Don't forget it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And hope to uh, have you tune in in a couple of weeks. Peace. <laughs>